right. This is the one where we talk about murder. I'm Maggie. I'm Cassie. Um, and we took your guys' feedback, and now we're going to be doing a deep dive. One every week. Uh, this week is going to be Ed Gein. Yep. Who... You do know Ed Gein. Everybody knows Ed Gein. Even if you don't think you do. Yeah, that's my favorite. I told Blake that. I was like, no, you know his story. And he's like, no, I don't. He's like, I've heard his name, but I don't know his story. And I was like, no, you you do know it. And then I told him, and he's like, okay. Yeah, I you do. just think it's a movie you saw, but it was a real human. Several, several movies that you saw. He was the... I don't even know if people are familiar with Psycho, but it's like straight up the reason I won't shower if I'm home alone, but... Oh, yeah, I have a list of every, so should should we dive into, like, movies first? Like, yes. the way that he's inspired. Well, he was an inspiration for Psycho. So, he was, he, so, the author of Psycho actually, like, was publishing the book at the same time Ed Gein was, like, basically committing his crimes. And so, when Ed Gein was caught, his name is Robert Block. So, when he was writing his book, he wanted, like, the inspiration for his book was... A man, like, the next-door man that could be a monster even in a small town. And then all of Ed Gein's crimes, all of Ed Gein's crimes came to light, like, right when he was about to publish the book. And so he kind of, like, threw an homage into Ed, like, into, like, the last story, like, the last chapter of his book as, like, an homage to Ed and, like, tie it all together. Yeah, because Norman Bates is definitely more murdery. Yes. And so, like, the movie adaptation of Psycho, like, they definitely pulled from, like... Ed Gein as Alfred Hitchcock, like, ten yes. years later or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, Bates Motel. Same thing. Um, he's also the inspiration for Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Um, and Leatherface. Yes, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again, less murdery. Way le- mm. Weren't people just, like, dying left and right in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though? Yeah, that movie was bad. It wasn't, like, a bad movie, but it was, like, very murdery. Um, like, the entire movie itself was not based on his life, but one of the characters, like, they drew inspiration from Ed Gein's crimes for the movie. Like, well, yeah, because he wore skin. So the leather face, like, the face mask that they wore and, like, move, like, uh, like body parts as, like, the home decor, the cannibalism, which Ed Gein never actually admitted to, but it's, like, heavily implied, and uh, the mummification... Of the mother sitting in the house. Like yeah. it showed, like, the obsession. I don't know. There, I, like, believe Ed. Like, he was pretty honest about all his stuff. That, like, when he says, I didn't eat people, I'm like, well, you probably didn't. Maybe not. You were just really fucking weird. Really weird. Yeah. Um, also, in, like, TV shows and movies, I'm a big American Horror Story fan. I don't know why I never made this connection, but in American Horror Story Asylum, Dr. Oliver Threadson is Ed Gein. Like, that whole, he's not, like, actually Ed Gein, but his entire character's basis is off of Ed Gein. Interesting. I had no idea until I was, like, researching that, and I was like, huh, okay. There's also, like, a bunch of movies I had never actually heard of. Uh, there's one called Three on a Meat Hook. But the, the okay. synopsis is basically, like, a farm boy that lures through and back to his farm and murders them and hangs them from the meat hooks, which is what he did to Warden's body. Ed Gein did? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, Deranged, which is, that's the book that you read, right? Deviant is Deviant. the book that I okay. read. Okay. So the movie Deranged is like the closest, from what I read, is like the closest depiction to Ed Gein's life without actually claiming to be directly about him. 
It's like a farm boy whose religious mother dies. He keeps her corpse, robs graves. Like, we're almost, like, exactly the same as Ed Gein. Yes. Uh, and then there's, like, a... It made me laugh because I guess I never thought of his story as being told as a comedy story. There's a movie called Ed and His Dead Mother starring Steve Buscemi. And it's, like... It's That's, a story. like, sort of mainstream <laughs> if it's Steve Buscemi. Uh, it's, like, Ed's story where Ed, but Ed's mother is resurrected from the dead and becomes, like, a zombie. And Ed in the movie cannot handle it and, like, decapitates it when he can't deal with her anymore. Okay. I was like, all right. Also, uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Reject, one of the characters in there, is, like, a direct reference to Ed Gein. Like, he wears the victim's skin on multiple occasions. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Anybody who wears skein is referencing Ed Gein. Let's just say that. That's it, because he was, like, one of the... Definitely, like, the first and only, probably, to do any of that kind of stuff. There's also several... Okay, there's two documentaries. Um, there's one titled Ed Gein, which is also known as In the Light of the Moon, and it was, like, an attempt to portray Ed Gein's life, including, like, his abuse, the crimes, and the capture of him. Um, and this was one that I was able to watch... None of his documentaries are, like, available readily to stream anywhere. So I no. did I did watch this one on my jailbroken fire stick. Not great. Well, it's, it's also so long ago. It was so long ago. So, like, the filming like wasn't good. Like, he's in his 40s and the 50s. Yeah. The filming wasn't good. The acting wasn't great. Um, but it wasn't terrible. And then there's another one called Ed Gein, The Butcher of Plainfield which is like a half-horror, half-documentary. Like, it's very obviously about Ed Gein, and it tells a story, like, of his history, but it doesn't, like, it fictionalizes all of the crimes leading up to his arrest. Yes. Which I thought was weird. Like, if you're going to tell the story of him... Also, the crimes just aren't that much. No, there's only two? Yes. Yeah. So many, so many, like, serial killers have been used as, like, the template and inspiration for horror movies and shows, but I think, like... Ed Gein's necrophilic tendencies are one that's, like, always going to go back directly to Ed Gein. Yeah, like a signature all on his own. Not a great signature, well, but happens. Okay, are you going to go into his childhood? I am going to go into his childhood. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. It's not good. It's something. It is something. Okay, so, okay. So, Edward <laughs> Theodore Gein, born August 27th, 1906, in La Crosse Country, Wisconsin, to George and Augusta Gein. Uh, he was one of two boys, and his older brother's name was Henry. In 1914, his parents moved Ed and his older brother to a farmhouse on the outskirts of a small town called Plainfield, Wisconsin. His mom harbored a lot of resentment for her husband, thought that he was a failure, couldn't provide for the family. Well, because he was just a lazy drunk. Bingo. Um, she ran, like, her own grocery store. She was the breadwinner, which is very uncommon in, I want to say, 1914, you know? She was also a very handsome woman. Did you say a handsome woman? Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's like what you say when someone's not pretty, but they're like, I know. a whole lot of women. <laughs> I mean, okay. she might have been pretty. I'm not sure, actually, but. I don't know. I haven't, I mean, I saw her in the movie depiction. She was depicted as pretty. Yeah, but, like, I think she, she was, also like, was five, depicted eight, like, 300 pounds. Oh. I heard she was a Volkswagen-sized woman was the direct quote. Oh, no. And so were Mary and Bernice. <laughs> Got it. That I mean, yes, they were supposed to have looked just like her. Okay, so Augusta moved her boys to this remote location 
to prevent like outside influence on her sons. She was a strict Lutheran and would preach to her children about how the world was just innately immoral, drinking was evil, and the belief that all women except herself, of course, were prostitutes and instruments of the devil. Well, they were. I am. Definitely an instrument of the devil. Yeah, for sure. Um, she would also dedicate hours of each afternoon to reading excerpts from the Bible, the Old Testament, always choosing like super graphic verses that dealt with death, murder, and divine retribution. I think it should also go noted that these boys like sat on their living room for crisscross applesauce until they were like fucking 38. Yes. Until she died. Well, I mean... Until Henry died. Yeah. Yeah. Ed started school in 1914. They went to a one-bedroom school with 12 students. Uh, Ed had a growth on his left eye at birth, which caused him to have a lazy eye. He also had a lesion on his tongue, which gave him a minor speech impediment, which I still wish I would have been able to find any audio of him. I picture him just being mousy. Same. Like, stuttering a lot. Oh, I don't picture him stuttering. I just... Oh, I do. I don't know. Like, just very quiet and, like, having a hard time talking his words out. Um, So the other students bullied him for his lazy eye and his speech impediment. Um, Ed Gein was also bullied in school for having an effeminate disposition. Mm -hmm. Classmates and teachers alike were also weirded out by some of his mannerisms, which included random laughter like he was laughing at an inside joke that he just shared with himself. I also um, had read that he would just mimic the behavior of anybody in the room because he, like, had no idea how to behave. Well, like, they didn't socialize with anybody, so how would they know how to act in a social situation? Yeah. Also, the word that in the book Deviant that Mm -hmm. everybody used to describe him was a bit of an oddball, like, up until his arrest. (laughs) People were like, oh, well, I didn't think Eddie could do that, but he was a bit of an oddball. Oh, was he? So fascinating. You should check out the skulls he has in his head here in his room. (laughs) Jesus. All right, so uh, Gein did well in school, excelled in reading, most likely in an attempt to please his mother, which, plot twist, she was never happy with her children. She was convinced that they would just turn out to be um, disappointments and failures like their father and would, like, verbally abuse them and tell them all these same things. Hmm. Um, When Ed would come home from school crying because he had been bullied, his father would just beat him until his ears were ringing. I also heard that he, like, not, I mean, men are allowed to cry, but, like, blubbered. Yeah. Like, inconsolable. Yeah. I mean, I think that happens after you get beat. After the bullying. Oh. Yeah. Not that, again, but it's 1914 in, like, boondock fucking country, Wisconsin. Like, it just... I'm not saying it was appropriate behavior, but I think they expected men to behave... A little bit more tough? A certain... Yeah. Not cry in public. Definitely not. Okay, so in 1912... Ed Gein is 12 years old, and his mother catches him masturbating in the tub. She grabs him by the genitals <laughs> and calls them the curse of man. Okay. So we're, we're doing really good here. Um, in 1920, Ed Gein is 14. He graduates the 8th grade and drops out of school. He is done. I mean, isn't that like all you had to do back then? I think so. I think 8th grade was like collegiate level now. Yeah. Like, you made it. You're done. Good job. In 1927, Augusta makes her boys, who both still live at home, promise to remain virgins. Ed is 21 and Henry is 25. 1937, the boys are 31 and 35. They both still live at home on the farm with both parents. Ed's father, George, becomes a helpless invalid and uh, became completely dependent on his family that basically hated him at this point. He was useless as far as farm work goes and spent his days drinking away the family's income. 
1940, Edgeen is 35. His dad dies of pneumonic fluid in his lungs at age 66. So Augusta says that his death was due to his weakness and often said that he would be going to hell. Um, she also attributed like his drinking heavily to like all of his illnesses and weakness because he drank. Well, like she picked him though. She sure did. She picked a winner. Married him, had kids with him, stayed with him. Um, it's at this point that the brothers begin to take odd jobs to help support the family, mostly as handymen around their small town. Uh, Ed was also often employed as a babysitter. Yeah, that's my favorite. He loved the company of children because they were, quote-unquote, easier to relate to. The brothers were often referred to as trustworthy and reliable by the townspeople. Bit of an oddball. Bit of an oddball. It's fine. Eddie used to watch my kids. He couldn't have done anything wrong. Uh, in 1946, Ed is 36 years old, still eligible for the draft. So he gets called to Milwaukee for a physical exam before being drafted. Which was, like, the first time he was away from his mother ever for, ever. like, more than, like, four hours. Milwaukee is the farthest that he had ever traveled off the farm. Mm-hmm. And Same without state. mommy dearest. Same state. Um, he's rejected from the draft because of the growth that was on his eye and because it impaired his vision. And they probably didn't want him. <laughs> a bit of an oddball. Yeah. Doesn't suit the army. In 1944, Henry begins to criticize how Edgeen worships their mother and openly shares that he is worried about Ed's unhealthy attachment to her. May 16th of that same year, Henry dies a sudden and mysterious death at the age of 43. No, no, he's asphyxiated by the fire fumes. <laughs> In the middle of the forest. In the middle of the forest. Without his body being touched by fire. Yep, and Edgeen just, uh, brother sense. Yes. So... Ed's version of the story is that Henry and Ed were fighting a runaway fire that was on land near their farm, and Ed reportedly could not find Henry to help him, but when police arrived after the fire, Ed leads them directly to where Henry's body was. His cause of death was inconsistent with any injuries from a fire, because his body had not actually been touched by the fire, and there was bruising on his head and neck. And in Deviant, um, when the police officer said, Oh, I, like, how'd you lead us right to the body? Ed says, funny how that happens. <laughs> Brother's intuition. He just knew. Do you think they had um, Wisconsin accents? Because that's, like, really what I hoped for. Oh, they for sure did. Um, the coroner listed Henry's death as asphyxiation from the fire fumes, but the police dismissed any foul play, even though there was so many red flags, because they straight up did not think that Ed was capable of killing anybody. He was little. He's 31. No, like a little human. Oh, little human, yes. Uh, a few months later, still 1944, Ed Gein's mother suffers her first stroke and is hospitalized. Uh, in 1945, Augusta begins to take note of Ed's peculiar reading choices, which includes books on head shrinking, grave robbing, and a ton of human anatomy books. Just for fun, we've picked up these habits. We just want to give them a try. I think they called them like adventure books back then. Which was like, um... <laughs> no! No, they did. They were, like, adventure books, and they were, like, basically tales of, like, I'm assuming soldiers, because I don't think normal people, like, traveled abroad, or traveled abroad. Fair. At that time. Um, and, like, the things they encountered in, like, these different countries. Which, like, sometimes was head shrinking. Sometimes grave robbing. Yeah. It's fine. Also, um, I also learned from Deviant, that was a common practice with aristocrats in, like, the 1800s. I'm sorry, what, head shrinking? Um, grave robbing. For why? Uh, necrophilia. No. Yeah, he yeah, had, like, no. books on that, too. 
Mm-mm. He also had a book on, like, the first ever sex change. Hmm. Her name was, like, Carly Jorgensen. Okay. Carrie Jorgensen. Right. Uh, something like that. Well, then. There was lots of signs. A lot of signs. We're going to ignore all of them? Well, it's, like, the 1900s. Yes. December 29th, 1945, Augusta dies of complications from a second stroke at the age of 67. Edgine is 37 and the only member of his family left. Wow, she had him at 30? Yeah. I feel like that's old for the, I mean, for, for 1910. For 19, yeah, 1906, I think it was. Even yeah. better. I think so, too. And to only have two kids, and the other one was four years prior. Wow. So 26 and 30. Um, so after Ed's mom dies, he boards up his mom's bedroom and her sitting room where she spent most of her time because he wants to preserve everything exactly how it is when she dies in a quote-unquote museum style. Hmm. Early 1946, Ed is 40 years old, living alone on this farmhouse that he has boarded up to keep his mother's memory alive. Uh, His appearance degrades further. Neighbors are commenting about how bad he smells, the lack of upkeep for personal hygiene. He keeps working odd jobs to survive, because what else can you do? Uh, It's at this point that he boards up literally every room in the house, but two of them, and they stay that way until his arrest. In early 1947, 18 months after his mother dies, Ed is suffering from intense loneliness um, and began to have what he called, quote-unquote, strange visions. And this is when he started to frequent the cemetery where his mother's body is buried. Uh, He said that after several visits, he began to dig up the bodies, and the first one that he dug up was actually his mother, and he twisted her head off with his bare hands and shrunk it the way he learned from his research books. Yep. Pretty fucked up, man. Oh, he's terrible. I mean, yes. No one's arguing if he's terrible. I'm just like, I don't know if I would classify him as a serial killer. I don't think I would because he did not kill the people that he grave robbed, whose corpses he like took apart and just kept, he helped himself to whatever he wanted from their corpse. He put back what he didn't use, but like... He did put back what he didn't (laughs) use. (laughs) He didn't kill them though. And I think a serial killer is classed as three or more victims. And he only killed... The two that you're going to tell us about right now. Yeah. Mary Hogan um, and Bernice, which Bernice is like the more famous of the two murders. Because I think it was like more heinous. That was the one that got him caught, right? Well, yeah, because he was like more obvious about it. So when Mary Hogan went missing, there was like this weird vortex in Plainsfield, Wisconsin, where like her and four other women went missing within like three days of each other. Right. But like... I legitimately don't think Ed Gein was related to the other three. Mm. They just thought, like, it was, like, this weird disappearance, so they had, like, no desire, I guess, to, like... Research um, it at all? Figure it or, out? Or, like, link him to it. Got it. Also, these women were, like, um... They were large women, and Ed Gein's, right. like, 5'4", 120. Right, so So people straight up, like, when they heard about the grave robbing, didn't think he had the strength <laughs> to grave rob. Like, they were, like, I guess the soil in Wisconsin is sandy. Mm-hmm. So, like, as you dig, like, there's more constantly falling down. Going. And they straight up didn't think he had the strength to Did grave rob these people. So, um, I guess I'll tell you about the murders and then tell you about the grave robbing. Yeah. Okay. So, his first victim was Mary Hogan. Okay. She was a bartender at a bar he liked to go to, um, which he had, like, never drank until after his mother's passing. This is 1954. Right. She died in 47. Right. Um, and he 
was very sexually attracted to her because she looked like his mother, which who doesn't want to bang their mom? I'm, I don't know. Um, and <laughs> I just, I think, like, I know they say that you pick people like your parents, but what like... What is it, like the Freudian... Yeah. Whatever that is, where, you're, like, you're seeking basically the same but parental like, figures. I always thought it was, like, personality-wise. Yes. Not, not like, an actual fucking replica yeah. of your dad that you're, like, trying to bang. Right. Right. Um, but she was, like, a little bit crass, like, um, kind of like an independent woman, which, like, right. God forbid. Well, she's a woman bartender owner in right. the 50s. Right. Trash. How dare she? Scoundrel. Do not provide for yourself with Hussy. a job. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, so there it is. eventually he decides he has to kill her. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? He um, has to. Ed also got made fun of as a kid because he didn't like hunting. Right. Um, he really, like, was freaked out by blood, so he just shot her with a twenty two and then, like, took her home. Yeah. Not very interesting, and then made chairs from her skin. Actually, I think, like, the notorious thing with Mary Hogan is, like, the window drawstring mm-hmm. was her lips. No. Yep. No. Yeah. It was. Um, he would also... I think it's funny because, like, Ed... I think it's funny because... Nobody believed, like, that Ed could actually, was actually capable of these things. No, not their little Eddie from their town that used to babysit their kids. Or probably still does. Um, Because Mm -hmm. Ed never had any real friends until, like, this, after his mom passed. Mm -hmm. And then his best friend was a 16-year-old named Bobby Hill. That's too young. It's entirely too young. But Where are this kid's parents? um, I don't know, but when Ed... I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Best friends, Bobby Hill, whatever. But Ed was doing odd jobs, like handyman jobs mm-hmm. for this guy. And this guy would, like, tell him, like, oh, if you'd have spent more time courting Mary, you know, she'd be in your kitchen cooking for you instead <laughs> of dead. And then Ed would be like, oh, Mary's at my house, you know. <laughs> and they'd, like, laugh it off. Like, it was, like, That's some, like, funny. dark humor. They're like, oh, it's weird. That was a weird joke. That was so weird But, like, joke. Mary was literally Why at his you house. say that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. So then there was Bernice Warden, who, same kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, handsome woman. She owned a hardware store with her son. Or I guess maybe her son probably just helped her. But she owned a hardware yeah. store. Um, on the morning of November 16th, which was the first day of deer hunting season. Yes. The day before, Ed went into the hardware store and was asking the son, like, oh, you going deer hunting tomorrow? And he's like, yep. And he's like, you're going to be gone all day? And he's like, yep. Like, mm-hmm. it's deer hunting season, you fucking weirdo, because you're not yeah. going. And this is Wisconsin. Right. So he goes in there to buy antifreeze. Yes. Which you, like, brought a mason jar, and they, like, filled and it up. And they just poured it up for you. Isn't yeah, that you weird? Go. No, because antifreeze is, like, such a fucking debacle now. Yeah, you, like, can't. You cannot even throw it away. Like, you have to dispose of it properly. No, I know, but, like, but in the 50s, you could just... mason jar of antifreeze. Correct. It is I, 99 cents. Thank I you. I also, the whole time I was reading this, and he, like, bought the antifreeze, I was like, that's how he's gonna kill her. He's gonna tell her it's yellow Gatorade. No, it's not, because it's, it's the not 50s. At all. Um, <laughs> so he, like, leaves, and then he comes back saying that he wants to, like, trade his rifle. Right. Or sell his rifle, or whatever. He was suddenly very interested in guns. Yes. Out of nowhere. And then same thing, shoots her, takes her home, makes fabric out of her skin. Ugh. Um, so the only reason they, like, um, linked Ed Gein was because he was the last receipt of the day. His antifreeze receipt. Yes. 
Um, Good. So, and that was, like, ultimately the thing that took him down. So, they got a search warrant for Ed Gein's house, and I guess this is where I'll get into the weird shit he did. Please. So, when they were searching Ed Gein's house, they found whole human bones and fragments. For example, he had, like, skulls as decor. He also had them at the end of his bedposts. Like, just chilling there. Mm-hmm. Like, instead mm-hmm. of, like, that circle thing. Right. Head. No. Yep. Um, a wastebasket made of human skin. No. Mm-hmm. Human skin covering several chair seats. Um, female skulls with the top sewn off. So I'm assuming that was just to, like... Like, take the brain part out? Yeah, the part that's going to, like... Gross. Um, yeah. Yeah, because eventually the brain will just decompose. Yeah. And then he would just have brain goo on the floor. Yes. Which we all know how he feels about, like, blood and goo of various sorts. Which is very interesting, because I'm pretty sure he slaughtered these people like pigs. Yep. Yeah, that's that was, like, the meat hook thing. Yeah. They, like, he would, like, string them up and, like, straight up gut them and, like, bleed them out like they were hogs. Yeah. Um, bowls made from human skulls. Do you think he ate his cereal out of there? Uh, yep. I'm going to go back. Do you think he ate his pork and beans out of there because... That was all he ate, yeah. That was all that he ever purchased from that store. Yeah. And was yes, pork I and do. beans. I sure do. Yep. Um, and then he had what I think is my favorite. Um, it's called the mammary vest. Yeah. And it was a corset made from female torso skin from shoulders to waist, including boobs. <laughs> Hence mammary vest. Um, he had leggings made from human skin, masks made from the skin of female heads, Mary Hogan's face in a paper bag, Mary Hogan's skull in a box, which is very interesting to me that, like, you would separate the face from the skull, but I guess that's how you, like, make leather. Ugh. I guess if you wanted I'm going to say this changed my entire perspective on, like, leather jackets. I don't think I can ever own anything that's leather. Oh, I always wanted to have, like, a leather jacket. Until Ed King. Until right now. Yep. I'm going to be honest, I just ordered a leather ottoman for the mm-hmm. foot of our bed, and now I'm... Like, you just remember how they made it, you know? Yeah. Just like little Eddie. Um, and then he had Bernice's entire head in a burlap sack, Bernice's heart in a plastic bag in um, front of Gaines' stove, nine vulvas in a shoebox. I'm sorry. I also have a question. Okay. How do you take off just the vulva? Like, are we just... He's taken all of it. He's taken the whole thing, and I think saying the vulva is just a nice way of saying, like... He's so, like, everything from the pubic bone. Yep. No, no butts. He said he never took butts. No butts. But, like, we're going, like, the entire anatomical, like, vagina. Everything. And then the pelvic bone separate, though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think he's taken all of it. Because I want to say that I... Like, not accidentally, because I was definitely looking for pictures, but I think I stumbled across... A picture of that. And I was like, mm. ugh. Very interesting. It's not terrible. Um, a young girl's dress and the vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old, which was uh, odd for Ed. Mm-hmm. He liked middle-aged women. Yep. A belt made from female human nipples, and it is exactly what you think. It is literally <laughs> like 14 nipples sewn together. <laughs> like Ariel is and all. Um, Listen, Ed was quite the seamstress quite he made a lot of things and leather is not easy to work with (laughs) i'm sorry for that noise but that's how i feel about it um 
a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. Like I said, those were Mary Hogan's, no. I believe. Um, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. And then fingernails. No. Ugh, I hate fingernails. Like, once your fingernail is detached from your finger, I will straight up gag. I... No, I... What did he do with the fingernails? I just held them. It's like trophies, I'm sure. You just held them? Oh, like in a box or something. Like, <sighs> people who collect teeth. You know? Mm-mm. I think that. Mm-mm. I wanted to go back real quick. He said... You said that he had a heart in a bag? Uh-huh. What was he going to do with that? Uh, cook it. But he's never ate... I'm just kidding. I have no idea. There was, like, always, like, strong... So, like, after Bernice died, like, there wasn't a lot of time. No. Uh, didn't they find her body, like, still strung up? Yeah. Like, the um, police Partially officer walked in and, yeah. like, bumped it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, like, finding So I think maybe it was up. just, like, part of his process. Because, like, if you look mm. at pictures of Ed Gaines' kitchen... Disaster. It's, like... And it's what he lived in. Like, right. And I have no idea how he could even, like, function. So I think, like, he's like, oh, let me... Heart here. Just, like... I Just toss it anywhere. It'll blend right in. Correct. Like, I just think he was just trying to, like... I just think it's so weird. Like, there's so many signs pointing to possible cannibal- cannibalism. But, like, he never said that he ever did that. Yeah, he also said he didn't have sex with them. That part I believed because he said they smelled too bad. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think he would even know how to cook them. I don't think so either because he never cooked anything. No. Pork and beans from a can. Yes. And that's all. Correct, because if you look at his kitchen, homie straight up could not fucking cook. No. Well, I don't think he was ever probably taught to cook. No, I just, like, the, literally the conditions of his kitchen, you could not cook in that thing. Mm. You're too busy making leather. <laughs> so- <laughs> So, I'm going to get into, like, the grave robbing. Okay. But I also would like to put the question in everybody's mind. If Ed Gein lived literally anywhere that wasn't fucking Wisconsin um, and was born in any time that wasn't 1906, I know that he was a weirdo, but maybe if he had somebody to talk to about the feelings he was having, Mm -hmm. maybe he would not have gone to the extents of making a woman suit. I'm going to agree with you. Because... We just needed a time, like, right now. If Edgine existed now... Yes, and grew up without abusive parents. Let's also start there. grew up without the horribly abusive and very religious parents that he had. I think he would have been a different person. Maybe still weird. Probably a little bit still weird, but not to the extent of robbing fucking graves and making skin suits. Yes. Because Ed had a lot of hesitation. So um, he told investigators that between 1947 and 1952, he made as many as 40 what he called nocturnal visits to graveyards. Love that for him. Um, But he only um, exhumed graves nine Mm -hmm. of those times. And there was a lot of times he said that he would go to a graveyard and like midway through, Mm -hmm. like digging this grave up, he would stop and go home. Why? Why? You're already there. You're already halfway in. He called it, like, a daze, and he said, like, he would, like, snap out of it. Weird. So, like, I do think he had feelings of guilt about what he was doing, which is why I think he returned the bones. Or, like, not the bones. The right. pieces he didn't use Ugh. of the body. Okay. Um, so, I mean, again, weirdo. Um, but he would stock obituaries. Yes. And find middle-aged women so that it was, they weren't, like, these aren't, like, old bodies. 
No, these are, like, freshly buried bodies. Like, they were buried that day. Like, the grave doesn't have grass on it. So, like... The dirt is still loose-ish. He said he would put it back in apple pie order. What does that mean? I don't know, because my apple pie looks like shit. (laughs) Like, the second it's removed, like, from the pan, it's just, like... It just, like, splatters everywhere. I'm wondering now what he means. He would put the grave back in apple pie order? Mm Mm-hmm. So that, like, it looked just like how it did. When he arrived. Weird. So, because, so no one knew he was grave robbing. Right. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. And also, like, not to be, like, gruesome or sad, but, like, if you go to somebody who was just buried, like, it's not, like, a nice, like, there's no headstone usually yet. No, like, no, no. It's, it's like, just, it's usually still, like, they've got the wooden stakes in the ground. They've got, like, the neon yeah. markers up. Like, this like, is there's a fresh dirt. Grave. It's very clearly still dirt. Yeah. Like, Honestly, nobody would know if you dug it up. Please don't, but, like, nobody would know. Um, So he admitted to stealing from nine graves from the local cemetery, and he actually led investigators to their location. The individual graves that he stole from? Uh Uh-huh. Question. So he robs these graves. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's not, like, my thing that I'm stuck on is that he would take the body home, remove nipples and vulvas and tongues and skin... And then remove, or and then he would return whatever is left over back to the grave. So he's re-digging up these grave sites twice. Yeah, like it takes him. I'm assuming that he's not just doing this in the back of his car in like an hour. It would take time him like span. eight hours. That's it for like to to do it once. Jesus. So he'd like dig up the grave, right? Get the human, take re-dig them it, take them home, and then like the next day he would take them back. Yeah, and a lot of it, like, some of it was body parts he would turn, but some of it was, like, jewelry. Mm, weird. Yeah. So weird. So weird. <laughs> I just have a lot of questions about, like, the logistics. I just, there are questions I don't want answered because I don't want them to be answered from somebody who has done it. I just want to know. I do, too. Hmm. But I, I don't think, this was way too long ago. Nobody will literally ever know. No, 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 no. So, um, he wanted to create a woman suit to, and I quote, crawl inside his mother's skin. Yeah, that's my favorite quote ever. Because he missed her so much. Um. Listen, that's kind of Hunter. That is my son, Hunter. My he would live in Hunter. your skin. He would could. live in my skin. And don't this say that. It's like, already, like, my biggest fear that I'm going to be, like, <laughs> they're going to be, like, on the news. <laughs> I don't think my kids are crazy, but you never know. I Ted can Bundy's never mom. say that he wants to live in your skin anymore because now I will just think of Ed Gein. Yeah. He wants to be Velcroed to you? Velcroed to me. Yep, good That's word. It. That's it. <laughs> Magnets. Anything S- else? <laughs> so during this time of the, like, uh, woman suit making. Oh, good. His good old buddy, buddy, 16-year-old Bobby Hill, which, like, I love King of the Hill, and so I'm literally just picking, picturing Bobby Hill. Oh, that's exactly what I pictured as soon as yeah. you said that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, hanging out with good old Eddie Gein. Mm -hmm. So Ed pulls out these shrunken heads and shows them to him. Normal. And tells him that, like, his friend got them from the Philippines. Okay. He doesn't have any other friends. So he literally has zero friends, (laughs) except for his friend that lives in the Philippines. His Um, one Filipino friend and his one 16-year-old friend. That's it. That's it. So he, (laughs) Bobby goes back to his parents and is, I I feel like kind of like the fuck and his parents are like oh yeah like that's totally like that's probably exactly what happened go on back to Eddie's house (laughs) don't come back home yet go to your friend's house with the shrunken heads 
Not to mention he's like 42. It's normal. It's fine. We love Eddie Gein. He is a great handyman. Great babysitter. It's not weird at all. Not weird. It's the weirdest thing ever, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, they literally, like, they didn't even... Not a big deal. Head things are not a big deal. I think it's a... Not at all. A huge deal, actually. But... Oh, it for sure is. I, for one, would never let my 16-year-old child hang out with a 42-year-old man no. alone on his farmhouse. No. Here, go into isolation. I know he's a great guy. It's fine. Just go hang out on his farm. Also, like, this farm is, like, far away from everybody Far from everybody and anything. Let me tell you about Eddie's full moon ritual because it's actually my favorite thing. Please. Um, He would, on full moons, Mm -hmm. he would put on his woman suit. The Um, whole thing. mm Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I think always the mammary vest. Maybe on summer nights he ditched the, like, gloves or something. Maybe it was just too warm. Yeah, because he had, like, leggings. So he had a face, like, four masks that were human skin. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he had gloves and leggings. So, like, he... And his famous mammary vest. The mammary vest. And the nipple belt. And the nipple belt. He also had, like, random nipple hangings as decor. So. (laughs) Like, just stapled up to the wall or... Um, They were, like, hanging on a picture frame, like a garland. (laughs) Nipple garland. Nipple garland. Love it. Um, So, he would go out in the full moon, Mm -hmm. put on his woman suit... So, since it had breasts, he's basically dancing topless and beat his drum made of human skin. <laughs> there, and like dance and sing and like have a great time. He There's was a just couple. the best time of his life there. The best time of his life. Good. There's a couple things I would like to change about said scenario, but the like I suit? also want to dance around topless. What's stopping you? At the full moon. <laughs> I need a drum, one not made of human skin. Just any drum, non human skin. Animal skin. I mean, I think they are made from. They are skin. tanned hides. I want to say. This is terrible. I, like, can't ever look at tanned hides. I'm sure. Uh, with a vegan we, drum. Someone find me go. a vegan drum. I'm like, I'm sure now there is vegan drums somewhere. Yeah, there has to be. But I think it's a great. Listen, do you have a pot? That's what I'll do. And a wooden spoon. Yep, there it is. <laughs> There's my new full moon ritual. <laughs> Not murder style. Non-murder style. Non-skin suit style. Yeah. Also, like, this is a small town, so, like, when people are getting word of this, like, honestly, they're probably shocked at how many times, like, these police officers are just saying the word nipple. And mammary vest and vulva. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, when he gets arrested, the police officer um, that arrests him, Mm -hmm. or doing, I'm sorry, is doing his interrogation, slams his face into a brick wall. Good. And so, his confession is thrown out because he was really, like, compliant upon arrest. Like, well, I mean, he didn't try to lie. He was just like, uh, this hey, is what happened. Here's my spinal lamp with a skin lampshade. I'm just going to go with you. There's yeah, too much like, damning evidence in my home. I still have. I also just don't think he goo. was that person. No. Like, I think he was just like, oh, I've, I'm caught. That's it. Let's go. Yeah. So they any. So that was thrown out. And then he ended up signing a plea deal, but he was initially found um, not able to stand trial. Like, they thought he was crazy. Yes, they declared him... Mentally insane. Clinically insane. Clinically insane. I'm sorry, that's the word. So then he was in a mental institution for, like, four years. Mm -hmm. And then his doctors there found him clinically sane. Right. And then he did stand a trial, which lasted a week, and then he was found guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, But he still went to a mental institution. Probably because he already had a history of, like, 
the clinical diagnosis. I guess I just, like, don't understand the difference. Like, why would you have a trial at that point then, like, just keep them there? Because I think that you can get out of a mental institution after you've served your time. Oh. So yeah, then they you would have been released. Out, like, right. So that's probably why they had the trial, so that they could get him committed for life. Yeah. And then he died of cancer. Yeah, he was, like, 77? Yeah. Pretty old. Pretty old, but, like... Given the time. Yeah. Yeah. 84? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a game. Yep. He he really didn't have that many crimes. I mean, like, the grave robbing wasn't, like, he a didn't. ton of fun for anybody, but, like... That's why I don't think that he can be classified as a serial killer. He only had two victims. And he was, like, almost seemed Maybe like he three. was reluctant to kill them. Yeah, I think like he, he just killed he them because the he was sexually attracted to them and, like, didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. That's not an excuse. No, no, it is not an excuse. Um, <laughs> but so, it's not like Ted Bundy, who, like, once every ten days was like, I have to. Yeah. Or my homie. Um, Which homie? Donald Gaskins. Donald Pee Wee Gaskins. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're on the 10th of every month. He would have to kill somebody. Correct. Standing order of things. Yeah, there, and there was, do. like, three years in between his two victims. Yeah, I, like, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think that he super wanted to kill that. Like, I don't think that his, like, murder was not his driving force. Like No, he was, like, more of a necrophilia. Necrophiliac? Necrophiliac. Ne- necrophiliac, but without any sexual desires. Like, I think he just liked making things out of skin. Well, because he wanted to be a woman. There are other ways to do that. I know, I just think he was very conflicted. I'm pretty sure that Macy's existed. Quiet dress. Not in Plainsfield, Wisconsin. If he traveled anywhere out of Plainfield, Wisconsin, maybe... He couldn't. The filth and hussies. But at this point, like, he already went to a bar. <laughs> in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Ugh, you're right. He was, like, not fit to live on his own. Look at his kitchen. You look at his kitchen. I have I'm going to let everybody else look at his kitchen. Yeah, I'm everybody else look at his picture. kitchen. He was not a real adult. I'm going to post that picture on our Instagram. He was a man-child. I just want to know, like, he stayed on that farmhouse for so long. So long. And, like, his also, like, jobs as a handyman paid for everything? Well, I think the house was paid off. True. All he had to buy was his pork and beans. And, like, I am not, like, judging anybody, like, when they go through grief. Like, however you handle it, it's however you handle it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I swear if my husband dies, I'm fucking dipping the peat. Like, get me the fuck out of this house. Oh, no. I will not live in the same house. Like, especially if, like, I that's couldn't. where they died. Like, no, I'm going to stand at the door, pack my shit. Somebody else come in. Mom, get me come pick me important. up. Yes. Seriously, Mom, I need you. I'm done. get me. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Anybody else can. I'm not interested. Goodbye. So, especially with, like, his overwhelming grief, because, like, at the... Also, only, like, three people went to Augusta's funeral. Yeah, because she was a mega bitch. I know, and her gravestone is, um... They buried Ed next to his mom. Um, but her gravestone, um, it's mother. Mm. And then it says Augusta. Well. It's like, it's terrible, but it's like almost sort of cute how much he loved her, even though she was a terrible person. Stockholm Syndrome? Oh, okay. It's less cute, but yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. I think that he was just so obsessed with trying to please her and because she was never pleased with him. Like, he was always trying to... Like, he craved his mother's love and affection. And literally just never got it. Because she had boys. And she wanted a girl. Yeah. Which is interesting, because she seemed like she hated them. Well, I think probably because she got two boys, she was just bitter. 
Also, she said um, sex was not for pleasure, and I love that. No, no, no. Sex is only for... To procreate. So yeah. I'm, like, convinced that she only had sex with her husband however many times it took to get those two children. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Also, I, still, I still love that, like, Ed still remains, like... A virgin. They both were virgins. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Also, I tried so hard to find information on Henry. There's not a lot. No, because, I mean, they were a family from Plainsfield, Wisconsin. Like, is there any information about anybody else in that town? Like, no. No, literally the only reason why there's Ed Gein information is because he had a mammary vest and a nipple belt. Yeah. I wonder if he used a nipple belt to cinch the mammary vest. Probably. Hmm. The nipple, I mean, listen, he was pretty good at making shit out of skin, which, like, grosses me out. Super. I can look at a lot of crime scene photos in these ones. I was like... But that belt did have, like, nice belt hardware on it, so I wouldn't it put did it have, past him. It did have nice belt hardware on There's it. There's probably some nice buttons. Like, if you if you weren't looking at it closely, you would not know they were nipples. Like, it looks like those um, <laughs> chain belts that it you does, wore it, in, like, 2003. to me. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah, like, just, like, the big circle ones that are connected by the little link. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. what it looked like. And then you look closer and realize it's areolas and nipples. I don't think I've ever said the word nipple. I'm going to count how many times we've said the word nipple. And I breastfed my children, so I'm familiar with the word nipple. I think that's it. I think that's all I got on Eddie Gein. I think that's it. Yeah. That's all I have. So, oh, and then we're going to do lesser known people? Yes. Like not as um, headliney. Yeah. And that will be on uh, Wednesdays. So our, yes. our longer more in-depth episodes where we both kind of do like the deep dive into the serial killer or any killer since i don't really think ed Gein classifies as serial killer anyway um we'll also be maybe those. some like one-offs though too like casey anthony and stuff yeah yeah i think if the case is like interesting enough and has enough like press and publicity where yes. people like know who it is then we might dive into those but as of right now mondays deep dive where we both talk about the same person and then Wednesdays, we'll be releasing our shorter, lesser known. I haven't picked my lesser episode. known person yet, but next Monday. Ed Camper. He's my favorite. Yes, I haven't picked my lesser known yet either, which we need to do because we have to record that. Anyway, yep. But you'll good. love Ed Camper. He's great, you guys. I mean, he's actually a terrible person, but. It's going to be a long episode. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody is ready to sit mm-hmm. for so long. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bye. Goodbye.